Welcome to the Midas Touch podcast, Ben, Brett, and Jordy fighting for democracy with you each and every day, each and every pod. We have a great guest for you today. We have Congressman Ted Lou. Wow. Let's go. For the January 6th impeachment. There were two impeachments of Donald Trump. Yes, he was that bad. Congressman Lou represents California's 33rd Congressional District, sits on the House Judiciary Committee, House Foreign Affairs Committee. He was also in the United States Air Force, recently retired as a colonel. So his military experience will be specifically interesting here um, based on everything that's going on in Ukraine. And of course, Congressman Liu was there yesterday to the joint address of Congress by President Zelensky. Let's just get right into it because I am fired up. I am fired up. And let me tell you why. Why are you fired up? Tell us all about it. Let me let me tell you why. So <laughs> yesterday, President Zelensky gives a rousing address to a joint session of Congress. Really one of the most incredible pro-democracy pro-freedom speeches that I've ever seen in my lifetime and that I think we've ever seen in history. There was a moment in the clip when President Zelensky comes out to address Congress. Remember, President Zelensky has a mark on his head for Putin. They are actively trying to kill him right now as he's addressing Congress. And as he walks out, he receives a standing ovation from all members of Congress, other than Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's looking at her phone or looking around. And so the Midas Touch account, the main account, tweets very, very specifically because words matter and words have meaning. And guess what, people? Words have definitions and <laughs> words carry with it weight. And Midas Touch cares about words. And so, Brett, I want you to very specifically state what the tweet that Midas Touch account said. I feel like I'm you're gonna, deposing Brett right now. I love it. Let's do I this. Know, and, and I'm going to let, let me pull the tweet directly because I don't want to parse any words. I don't want to paraphrase. I want to say exactly, exactly what I said. So no taking the fifth on yeah. this one, Brett. Yeah, yeah, Brett. Definitely. Just go go pull it up. I would expect that you would have it open. It's not like this was a surprise podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Jordy, Jordy makes the outlines. <laughs> Jordy makes the outlines and I don't see it. <laughs> like, why, why do I have to get thrown under the bus? Like I, I, like, I rewrote this tweet like multiple times. To, like, we we wrote sure. the tweet. Yes. Yeah, we wrote the tweet. And so it said, <laughs> as Zelensky is greeted by the U.S. Congress to a standing ovation, Marjorie Taylor Greene refuses to applaud and instead appears to grab her cell phone. So, as we said, during the moment that Zelensky is greeted by the U.S. Congress to a standing ovation, meaning while everybody at that moment is standing up and applauding, giving a standing ovation, Marjorie Taylor Greene was at that moment refusing to applaud and instead appeared to grab her cell phone, which she was grabbing her cell phone. So Fact that was a clip. <laughs> that was a clip. That occurred on C-SPAN. You could all watch it with your eyes for those watching it on YouTube. Yeah, and it wasn't an edited yeah. clip or anything. It was literally, it was pulled from the C-SPAN feed. So anybody watching C-SPAN 
at that time, this is what you saw with the C-SPAN cameras. You saw everybody respectfully giving a standing ovation to President Zelensky. And you saw Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of get up, check her cell phone and kind of look around. Also, the definition of applause, what applause means, a demonstration of approval, that is also going to be important. We go about our day. That was one of a thousand things that we did yesterday. I mean, not joking. So we produced in the morning the Maya Culpa Michael Cohen podcast, which is nearly at 100,000 views on YouTube, where him and Glenn Kirshner um, were talking about you know, issues. They're like the biggest experts in the world on the prosecutions, <laughs> potential prosecutions of Trump. So we get them on our network early on. Our partner who we work with, Patriot Takes, they put the video on later in the day of Marjorie Taylor Greene giving a rebuttal speech. More on that in a moment to President Zelensky. We also have the Kremlin File podcast that goes yesterday where we had like the foremost expert on Russian disinformation on who debunks like a thousand Putin lies. I, I want to pause there for a sec because this was an incredible episode of Kremlin File. So Kremlin, Kremlin File is really, it's like the preeminent podcast on Russia and the rise of autocracy in Russia. Produced by Midas Putin, Touch. Produced by Midas Touch. And so this episode yesterday, they had on a Ukrainian researcher who has set up a website to debunk all of Russia's dis disinformation campaigns. And so it's incredible, you know, hearing the insight from this guy in Ukraine who has dedicated his life to building this platform to combat Russian, you know, these fake news stories, like actual fake news stories, fake news stories and fake videos that Russia's releasing and all their propaganda. So I just thought it was incredibly fascinating. And yeah, sorry to interrupt, but, but that was a, a super no, it was episode. and it was it was absolutely great to have that. And we produced probably, you know, hundreds of tweets yesterday, a thousand data points of content from us and from our kind of creative partners out there who, who, who were working diligently to fight for democracy. And one of them actually was we focused on the fact that and, and this is was not focused on by mostly all of the mainstream media, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who is not a fringe figure in the Republican Party, the Republican leadership, people who are prominent Republican figures say that. If they take over the House, Marjorie Taylor Greene's going to get major prominent positions. She's basically the voice, the mouthpiece for the Republican Party. They don't condemn her. They don't say negative things about her. And they let her have these platforms. She gave a pre-scripted rebuttal, a rebuttal to President Zelensky, where she gave misinformation after misinformation. She states falsely that Obama created Ukraine. She spouts the propaganda that Ukraine it has Nazis and engages in Nazism at a high level. False fact after false. She says that the United States should not fund Ukraine with military aid, with weapons, with supplies. She says that Putin is going to win. This wasn't some random off the rails speech. She, this was a scripted formal speech that she that she gave on her official account and her right? message was ukraine should surrender that was the message of her speech after hearing this riveting speech by president Zelensky. ukraine should surrender was her message where's the mainstream media covering that traitorous conduct and midas touch covered that so we go about our day and then in the evening the first the news paper, if you want to call it a news newspapers anymore, the first digital <laughs> magazine, it's a digital magazine now, Newsweek, 
did like a fact check and basically said that our video from earlier in the day that frankly, I even forgot about at this point was even a thing because it was such a minor video in the swing of all of the pro-democracy we work that she was actually clapping and that there were later clips of her clapping where she touched her hands very tepidly. I thought, you know, this is stupid, but, you know, whatever. I was going to joke with the brothers. I said, you wait, Daniel Dale's going to come with a fact check. Because <laughs> I definitely I really made a joke about that. it to somebody. I think I made a joke about it to Jordy. Just wait for Daniel Dale to get his hands on this blockbuster of a story. <laughs> right? Dude, yeah, and then absolutely. sure enough, we wake up this morning and Daniel Dale gives a message that what he's been working on is a story that's going to fact check Midas Touch for saying exactly the quote that Brett read that when Zelensky came out, that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene refused to applaud. And he goes out, he says, well, I'll give you some time to respond. And then he like posts it right away. Even yeah, that was the weird thing. He, he, he said, I got a message at, and I'll read you like the times. Uh, I got a message from him at 6.53 a.m. Um, hey, I'm doing this story, would like some clarity on this at 6.53 a.m. However, he posted a tweet about it at 6.36 a.m., about 20 minutes prior to even reaching out for our response and our context of it. So he posted without even getting our comment on it. And so at that point, I said, I guess, you know, I, 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 I said, I was, I said, Daniel, I, I'm happy to speak to you about this and provide you context and like, let you know what's going on here. But I see you already like went on Twitter, you know, with like a six tweet rant. So like, I guess we'll talk about it on there. And he yeah. said, OK, sounds good. <laughs> Remember when the right wing media spread the Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib is giving a response, a rebuttal to Biden. And then remember all the like the other press, like not the radical right press, like mainstream press bought that hunk line and sinker mm -hmm. and wrote, oh, there's a progressive rebuttal and the progressives are going eating each other up because progressive just buy into this right wing garbage talking points. And, and here, here we actually have a Republican member of Congress giving a rebuttal to President Zelensky at a pivotal moment when Ukraine is winning the war. Crickets. You don't hear a thing from mainstream media. And the first thing that we hear is this is what Daniel Dale wants to focus on is whether or not she collapsed. And he's going to write a story saying that Midas Touch put disinformation out there. Let's be clear, though, if we want to talk about actual, actual facts here for a second, because when we break down what applause are and the timing, Brett was very specific about the actual tweet. She refused to applaud as Zelensky was going out. And then he even wrote in his tweet like it was a tepid uh, uh, she was a pretty tepid clapper, but full footage showed that she clapped four times. She clapped four times later. Later in the speech, she clapped four times. He said and when so Zelensky and Pelosi appear, he said green claps three to four seconds stops Graham's phone. So that was his clap. And I'll play I'm playing the video right now for the viewers of what he is counting as applause. And I just want you to look at this with your own eyes and say if that's applause. And, and, and I'll also say this. 
Okay. Say this was your wedding or something. Say, say you just told your friend that you got married, that you that you're getting engaged. Okay. And this was their response. How would you feel? I feel like it's like a Larry David, like curb your enthusiasm episode where he has a friend, <laughs> where he has like a friend who is the star of a play. And the friend looks out into the audience. He sees everybody else standing up. And then he sees Larry looking down at his phone, getting up and kind of like playing patty cake with his hands for two seconds and sitting down. Like that would be the plot of an entire episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Actually sounds like a great episode of Curb. I gotta be honest <laughs> with you. Like Jordy, and here's me. the thing though. Do I want to be talking about the applause? No. Is it a clap? No. And you know how you know I don't want to talk about? Because that was one little tiny freaking thing we did yesterday out of a thousand things that we did yesterday. And where we focused on yesterday was Marjorie Taylor Greene being a traitor to the United States of America and Republicans being traitors to the United States of America and Fox News being traitors. And you have a choice when you are media. You have a choice of what you're going to cover and you're going to cover pro-democracy. Are you going to cover Ukrainian bravery or are you going to rush to the defense of Marjorie Taylor Greene and claim that later claps having nothing to do with the clip that we showed shows that she is applauding and fact check. The biggest power the media has is the stories that they focus on. And so the reason that I'm focused on this, on the beginning of the show, because in many ways, diverting attention and focusing on these issues and putting the resources of a powerful platform like Daniel Dale has into this type of issue when he should be fact checking everything she said that was false in her rebuttal to Zelensky, that Obama created Ukraine, that Putin is winning the war, that this is a both sides issue where both sides are to blame for Russia's unlawful invasion. That's what you should be spending your time fact checking. You should spend your time fact checking everything and the lies that are spewed every single night on Fox News by Tucker Carlson, by Laura Ingraham. And this is what you choose to spend your time. This was his main story of the day. Are you kidding me? Mainstream media. And I go back to the rebuttal on the progressive rebuttal rebuttal to Biden, because this highlights exactly what is wrong with our media today. Because on the right wing, you have radical right fascists who know exactly what the fuck they're doing. Tucker Carlson knows what he's doing. Rupert Murdoch knows what he's doing. They're out there to manipulate minds every single night and to radicalize a portion of our country with false and disgusting information every single night. And on the other hand, you have people like Daniel Dale, who are focused on fact checking applause versus a clap and the clip that we have, which was very specific, and then tried to say that's disinfo. That's not disinfo. And I'm tired of it. I'm sick and tired of this media being pathetic. It's pathetic. And this is why Midas Touch exists. And, and you know what's also what also bothers me? I would say truthfully in response to, you know, us and, you know, we corrected Daniel Dale because we're fighters. 
I'm not going to sit on the sideline as someone lies about me, my brothers, and our movement. So we pointed out everything that we said here. We're like, Daniel, we said at the beginning, this was applause Mm -hmm. is different than Mm -hmm. clapping later. It's applause at the beginning. We were very specific in our words when President Zelensky goes out. But then you have people who identify, I suppose, as progressives or, or on the left say, you know, leave Daniel alone. Leave Dino, he, he's a good guy Can't too. stand that, can't stand this that. This is a movement where we fight for democracy. This is a movement of life or death. That's what it is, because those are what the stakes are right now. This is a movement where I'm going to fight every single day for everyone who's a Midas mighty, everybody who cares about democracy. I don't care if that's liberal. I don't care if that's progressive. I don't care if that's conservative. If you care about democracy, I am going to fight for you. And if you don't like fighters, if you don't like people who are going to punch back at lies and stupidity, I'll tell you what, Midas touch may not be the movement for you. You may not want to be a part of a pro-democracy movement. Jordy, I have no clue what you're pointing at. Right? There's the door. Out. Get out if you're not ready uh, to fight for democracy. Jordy, Jordy's pointing at the green wall, I think. And his closet <laughs> open and his open closet. Jordy's pointing at the but, I, but I mean it. And I'm, and I'm fired up. And I'm fired up because the stakes are so high. This isn't watching a basketball match of the Raptors versus the Lakers and covering it as an announcer. Oh, LeBron James is dribbling the ball down the court. Oh, and then the Raptors take the ball. Oh, he shoots a three-pointer. Oh, he shoots a foul shot. This is life or death. Hospitals are being bombed in the Ukraine. A school building is being bombed in Ukraine, being intentionally targeted by Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has talked about ethnic cleansing within his states, which we'll talk about in a second. So enough of the pathetic media. You're either fighting for democracy or frankly, you're just as bad as Tucker Carlson. I don't know, Ben. Daniel Dale is a pretty good clap timeline. He put a clap timeline. <laughs> Pretty good clap timeline. But just think Zelensky about that. And Pelosi he's getting appear. a real salary from a real network. And I think, and he's done, he's done great work in the past with Trump and stuff. But I honestly just think, I don't think he knows what the cover is. No, he at this did point. the same thing. Yeah. I just remember, he did the uh, yeah, same yeah. thing during the January 6th insurrection where we called out Marco Rubio and we called that Marco Rubio for supporting the insurrection. He goes, fact check, false like Marco Rubio supported all of Trump's bogus big lie stuff. Marco Rubio like encouraged the trucker convoy to like knock Biden's uh, bus off the road. road, Yeah. And and then because Marco Rubio was like, yeah, that was not a good insurrection. I'm (laughs) against that. Marco Rubio said it. Fact check, cleared. You know, it, 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 cleared of all prior wrongdoing. You have to focus on context. You have to focus on what's at stake here. It's not. This isn't. This isn't some. This isn't just some silly. I wake up and I just. You know. Oh, what? What should I write about today? Oh, let's write about clapping. <laughs> no, this is democracy on the line, here and abroad with Ukrainians bravely fighting for our democracy each and every day as we have American traitors in the Republican Party, leaders who are out there rooting for Putin as we have those same lines being parroted. Play the clip that same night. They get their talking points from the same people. 
play the clip of Laura Ingraham that night, essentially saying verbatim. And I'll give you, I'll give Tom Cotton credit here. He deserves credit here because Tom Cotton actually was like, no, you're, you're, you're absolutely wrong here. But Laura Ingraham was saying to him using the other talking points, isn't it just a waste of time to give the Ukrainians money when it's inevitable Putin's going to win? And I give Tom, Tom Cotton credit, but she used the exact same talking points that, that morning from that part of the Republican Party. I mean, just look today, they announced the transfer of $800 million of weapons to Ukraine. That's welcome. Should have been done a month ago or two months ago. And it's still just a fraction of what Congress proposed last week. Look, the Ukrainian people and army have proven that they are capable of fighting the Russians. We need to encourage them to do so. And we need to provide them the weapons that they yeah. need to fight the Russians. Now, you don't think you don't think we're giving the, the Ukrainians at this point and the rest of the world false hope? You, th- you think that you think given the fact that Russia is closing in on Ukraine at this moment, you heard the air, air raid sirens outside of Lviv that that we're not building people up to this false hope at this point. I'm worried about that, given the fact that still so many people no. are in those cities. I'm worried. Laura, I really don't. And you know what, though? I don't want to give you know, I don't want to let Tom Cotton off the hook, though, because I'll tell you what, too, that like literally within hours after Zelensky's speech, Republicans in the Senate blocked the confirmation of officials who were tasked with leading the U.S. efforts to support Ukraine. And let me just quote from U.S. Senator Democrat from New Jersey, Bob Menendez, quote, It is amazing to me, my colleagues who got up to applaud President Zelensky, my colleagues who came on the Senate floor to talk about both the need to help Ukraine and the humanitarian realities that are compounding every day. They get up and clap and then come to the floor to object to the very things that come to help Ukraine. And these are what Republican Senator Rick Scott, he blocked Chairman Menendez's efforts for the Senate to confirm Jim O'Brien to be coordinator of sanctions, Julietta Valls to be assistant secretary of state for population, refugees and migration, Elliot Kang to be assistant secretary of state for international security and nonproliferation. And I'll tell you what would happen in this case. So now, you know, if we were to say these Republicans don't support Ukraine, they don't. I mean, they, they're they're not voting for aid. They're not helping. They're not allowing these appointments point. to go through. If <laughs> we were to say that, then you could get a Daniel Dale fact check that said, what do you mean? They 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 applauded. They said they stand with Ukraine. Marsha Blackburn tweeted, I stand with Ukraine. The U.S. stands with Ukraine. So they must stand with Ukraine. Fact check false. And that's why you need to take into account context when you do these things. That's why you can't just go off people's words because you need to understand context to understand it. And when you see going back to it, when you see Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of mushing her hands together, kind of clapping, looking the other direction, whatever, that's not an applause. And it's so silly that we're like talking that your whole story is about a clap versus an applause. And this is what you decided to make your cause du jour. But let's talk about really Republican support of Ukraine. Who is really standing with Ukraine? Who is not? Who is pushing, directly pushing Russian propaganda that is then literally being aired by the Kremlin on Russian TV channels? Don't give me that. Don't give me that these people support Ukraine. Don't give me that that was an applause, which denotes approval of what was going on, approval of Zelensky when she did it for a couple seconds at a time, a couple minor, as you said, 
tepid claps and then went on to say that Ukraine was a Nazi country created by Barack Obama and Joe Biden and that they should give up. Just don't give me that. Like it's it's garbage. It's it's abs- it's insanity. Day in, day out, we're having the top experts inside Ukraine, living in Europe, people who have fled Ukraine, give the truthful information and the accurate information of what is going on there every single day. And we do it because a lot of this, sadly, is not being covered by the mainstream media, Mm -hmm. with the mainstream media being focused on stories like applause versus clap. And to that, I give the thumbs down. (laughs) The thumbs down. The dreaded thumbs down. It's a very, very impassioned opening. So it's, uh, do we bring it it. now or do we, uh, should we cover some more news? I mean, I'm, I'm I'm fired up. I mean, where, where do I, where do I go next? I think you're fired up though, because I think maybe you took some thesis this morning, Ben. Maybe we should talk a a little about thesis because some days you wake up ready to take on the world and other days you just can't take it. Imagine what you could do if you had a good day every day. And with thesis, you could get it all done and make the impact that you're meant to. Thesis makes personalized supplement formulas that are specifically designed to boost cognitive function. It's based in the science of nootropics, which are natural and powerful ingredients like caffeine, ginseng, and B12 that increase productivity, focus, energy, and mental clarity. Feel energized without the crash, cut through the brain fog to think clearly, or get a little help with motivation to find your flow. Take their three-minute quiz, and Thesis will recommend a high-quality nootropic formulas that are unique to you and your goals. Over 60,000 entrepreneurs, lawyers, engineers, busy professionals, and parents have used Thesis to get better results at work, at home. So imagine what you could do with Thesis. And right now, Thesis is offering our listeners 10% off your first starter kit when you visit takethesis.com slash Midas. Go to takethesis.com slash Midas to take this quiz and discover your unique nootropic combination and save 10% on your first starter kit. That's takethesis.com slash M-E-I-D-A-S. Make sure to use our URL to let them know we sent you. I know Jordy took his thesis today. Maybe Jordy, that will give you the motivation, the energy to ask not one, but multiple questions. I've been preparing for that. I've been preparing for our interview with Congressman. Big interview. You got to get that thesis in. I, I, I love it. Thank Thank you to all of our sponsors it's uh for making the show happen it's it's, it's and great. before wanna... we bring in uh ted lou uh let me go to jordy first jordy uh have you Benjamin. prepared for this interview what do you what's i'm prepared on? i got my eyes checked uh yesterday and i have 2020 vision uh these glasses really no contacts yeah. no glasses no, nothing i'm, I'm the only Very brother impressive. that yeah yeah so so just in case anyone was wondering out there i've been like like what prescription are you no no, no this is just for show it's 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 a, it's a style thing it gives me confidence during the interviews um, you're so wearing your democracy that gives you confidence during the interviews. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's like a cape. It's like my <laughs> Superman cape. Okay, that's okay. Yeah. What um, an interesting wearing, episode this is. You're wearing, you're wearing your Midas Touch Pro Democracy. I am. Hat. I'm wearing my Midas Touch Pro Democracy hat too. You can pick this up at store.midastouch.com. That's store.midastouch.com. We have some really incredible merch out there. It really helps keep the show going. So make sure you check out store.midastouch.com. Get one of these Pro Democracy hats, man. They're awesome. Oh, we, we gotta just we gotta just pull up this tweet from Marjorie Taylor Greene though to Bill Crystal uh, be, before we bring in Ted Lou. 
I, I'm just seeing I'm just seeing this now, and it's hilarious. So Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote to Bill Crystal, who was obviously criticizing her for being a traitor. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, Pumpkin, how about you suit up and report to your commander and chief yourself <laughs> and tell him you're reporting for duty. You might want to train a little first. The only thing in shape on you and prepared for war is your litter is your little Twitter thumbs at Bill Crystal. I like that she <laughs> adds him too, which like has no clue how Twitter works. Like if you're quote tweeting him, he will see that tweet. That so, is essentially so to highlight what you said, she said commander and chief, not commander in chief on the tweet. Well, put this, put this sca- yeah. scary Larry who actually did a real grammar check <laughs> on her. Um, and pointed out that literally in three sentences, she got like four things wrong. And to me, that goes to the broader point. We talked about this on, I think, the last pod or, you know, maybe when we were on the Stuttering John uh, podcast. But I love honest, intellectual, high level conversation. You should know that by, by now. And I you're, don't like you're a smart man. I don't like labels anymore. Like I, I didn't like it before, but I particularly don't like it now. And Daniel Dale, when he was like mm. liberal pack, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like that was also very intentional. When you know about Midas Touch, you know that we're a pro-democracy media company and we also have a pack. But we are first and foremost a pro-democracy group. I don't use the labels. If you line up all of my views, you will probably find that I'm very progressive and that I'm liberal. But- as, as those are traditionally defined. But if there's a day where Democrats tell me that you should start injecting Baluch and we should start <laughs> supporting Putin, I am going to not support those people, okay? Uh, absolutely. And supporting affordable housing, supporting getting people medication at cheaper prices and making healthcare a right for everyone, getting people food, making food something that all people should have, making the living wage like a a thriving wage, making Mm. people be able to celebrating workers. Like those issues are my issues. So don't put me in a box of where I even am. And I support democracy. I support democracy here and abroad. And I like tough debates over this economic policy or that economic policy, this tax policy over that tax policy. I'm super interested in that. And I, you may find that there's a Republican, quote unquote, policy that I'm like, that one may make more sense, in which case that's fine. But at the end of the day, what I don't like is just intellectual dishonesty, stupidity, buffoonery, you know, all of this that's embodied in these, what's the guy, Gomert? What's the guy, Gomert? Gomert. Gober? What's what's the guy? Louis Gomert. 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 I made him into a Gobert. It's not good. It's Man, that would Gobert. be a horrible mo- Frankenstein right there. A Bobert and a Gobert. Matt Gates, you know, all, all of these people. You know, anyway, that, that's where I stand. Anyway, let's bring in Congressman Ted Lou, representing my home state, California's 33rd Congressional District. Ted currently, it's okay, I call you Ted. I feel like I'm very informative. though. The Congressman Lou currently sits <laughs> on the House Judiciary Committee and House Foreign Affairs Committee. He's a former active duty officer in the U.S. Air Force, was an impeachment manager in the January 6th insurrection impeachment proceedings. Welcome to the podcast, Congressman. Uh, thank you, Ben, Brett, and Jordy, and 
totally feel free to call me Ted. And (laughs) I want to be so presumptuous. You know, we you're you're a fan favorite on the pod, but that doesn't necessarily mean I could just go about calling Congressman, uh, you know, Ted. But but Congressman, I just want to know that I'm totally okay that two of you are wearing T-shirts, too. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's the problem, Congressman. I'm a lawyer by I'm supposed to be wearing suits. So this is my kind of rebellion to the profession. So. Uh, but getting into the heart of it, you know, you were there yesterday. You were at the joint session where President Zelensky addressed members of Congress. What was your reaction to what he had to say? And um, what are you and other members of Congress doing in response to President Zelensky's address? I thought President Zelensky gave a very powerful speech and the video he showed was very compelling Ukraine has done an amazing job uh, with the kind of what we used to call in the Air Force information warfare. And they have definitely been better than the Russians at this. Uh, They really have galvanized a lot of support for them, partly because of the kind of information they've been able to put out. And I commend President Zelensky uh, for also his courage uh, for staying in Kyiv during this war. And I support giving Ukraine their weapons they need to defend themselves. And you say, you know, information in this has been key from the very outset, President Biden providing step by step of what Putin was doing in real time when Putin was trying to create a pretext and create and gin up some lies at Donbass and what was happening there. But what strikes me over and over again is you see these right wing extremists, I don't know how else to call them congressmen who call themselves Republicans, though, who are trying to do the bidding, it appears for Putin. And I mean, was I watching? I was, but it shocked me a Republican and Marjorie Taylor Greene issuing like a rebuttal to Zelensky afterwards saying that there shouldn't be a to Ukraine. I, I was horrified yesterday. I mean, wh- what what do you think when you see that? And we shouldn't, I think, view her as some fringe figure. She's who the Republicans hoist up as a major prominent person in their party. You're watching the radicalization of the GOP base. Marjorie Taylor Greene uh, just went off the rails yesterday and basically is simply repeating Russian propaganda. And GOP leader Kevin McCarthy is going to do nothing about that. And that's because he is scared of his own base. And they watch Tucker Carlson. They see him say the same Russian propaganda and no one pushes back because you have now a Republican Party that every passing day becomes more and more radical. And Congressman, former active duty officer, retired as a colonel um, recently in, in 2021. So you know a thing or two about no-fly zones and airspace and things like that. This debate over the no-fly zone in Ukraine, um, I I think I understand it, but I think a lot of our viewers, you know, out there and and listeners think it's a little complex in the weeds. You have some people saying we need to close airspace, others saying if you close the airspace, it'll be looked at as a a, a furtive move. Um, What's your view on that? And how do you kind of describe this issue to, you know, the listener out there who's not really in the weeds? So every time you hear the three words, no fly zone, you should in your mind replace it with the following three words, declaration of war. That's what it would be. It would essentially be the United States and NATO forces shooting down Russian jets. Uh, That is what a no-fly zone is. So I'm opposed uh, to a no-fly zone because I do not believe the U.S. and NATO should be directly engaging Russian forces. At the same time, 
I believe we need to give the Ukrainian military everything they ask for, hmm. everything they need to defend themselves. So earlier during this conflict, Congresswoman Houlihan, who is also an Air Force veteran, we wrote a letter to administration and to the Secretary of Air Force asking them to provide air assets to Ukraine, including drones, U.S. drones. And we're very pleased that the package that President Biden announced recently does include U.S. drones going to Ukraine. What's your view of how President Biden's been handling everything? I think President Biden has done an amazing job. He's built a worldwide coalition in terms of economic sanctions. He's also built a worldwide coalition to push back against Russian aggression and to deliver different aid and types of equipment to Ukraine. And President Biden is really the kind of adult we need at this exact moment. And I really commend him and his administration for everything they've done. Let's talk about the midterms. I know Brett and Jordy may have some questions on some issues. An issue that I'm heavily focused on, Congressman, is seeing in uh, radical right state after state that are run by radical right governors taking away a woman's right to choose and kind of escalating this from a 14-week abortion ban to you can't even leave the state to get an abortion. In other states, a, a Missouri uh, legislator introduced an amendment to a bill that said that. We have Dobbs versus Mississippi. Um, that's coming for a written ruling soon, probably May or June. Based on oral argument, it seems that the Supreme Court's going to uphold the 15-week abortion ban and maybe even overturn Roe v. Wade. You know, I think this is such a paramount fundamental issue, the right to choose a constitutionally enshrined right, and that government should not be telling women what they should be doing here. Is this an issue that, I mean, one, fundamentally, we need to be talking about more as Democrats and supporting women and childbearing persons. But do you see this as a major issue going into the midterms? I think the answer is yes. We're seeing really some pretty horrific bills being introduced recently a Republican state legislator actually introduced a bill to give the death penalty uh, for uh, women who seek abortions. And you also uh, have Republican state officials uh, saying that women shouldn't get abortions even when their own health and, and lives are at risk. And so you see this very extreme agenda come forward in a number of these red states. And I think the American public is going to see this more and more. I mean, the, the war in Ukraine is taking a lot of public attention. But at some point, I think many people across America are going to realize, oh, my goodness, uh, this fundamental right is going to go away in a number of states. And I do think that's going to be an issue coming into this campaign in November. Do you think Democrats should prioritize running on that issue to try to galvanize people to just understand like how important that this election really is? So I'm very pleased my House colleagues elected me to House leadership, and I'm, I'm co-chair of the Democratic Policy and Communications Committee, and we focus on messaging and long-term messaging. Uh, so we're looking at that exact issue, uh, in fact, right now. And what we do know is kitchen table issues continue to predominate uh, at this exact moment in time. People are concerned about uh, the economy and about jobs and, and also about inflation. So uh, we are looking at all the issues. It's uh, We're in a very... Um, different cycle now than we were three decades ago because of how quickly new cycles change. Mm -hmm. So part of what's going to happen is I think where are the major issues and where is the public in about September of this year? Uh, and I think that right. will affect the November elections. And it's really hard to know. And in, in politics, you know, six months is an eternity. 
Right. Yeah. And it is interesting, right? People do tend to base their opinions based on that specific time. We saw after President Biden's State of the Union speech, we saw a bump in his approval ratings because people saw him, you know, looking strong as a leader covering all the issues. But how do we keep that momentum? And and you mentioned messaging. Um, I think Democrats are knocked a lot for messaging. I think you are one of the best messengers in the party. I think you're always spot on with what you do. So how do we talk to the public about these kitchen table issues when they're looking around and they're seeing, you know, high gas prices, when they're seeing inflation, when they're seeing these things, which I understand that, you know, why you'd be upset about that. And and we have to level with people and and be there. But how do we also explain to them, you know, that these are global issues facing everybody? Like, how how do we just message that, you know, in a world where we have these high prices and and gas prices and things like that? That's a great question. Uh, So one thing we should do is to talk about what we've already done. So Democrats passed American Rescue Plan that helped schools reopen and remain open and help get stimulus checks out to people who need it at that moment in time. It also helped get vaccines to a lot more folks and it created a lot of jobs. And if you look at the numbers in the first 13 months of the Biden administration, 7.4 million jobs are created, the most in U.S. history. GDP growth is at near record highs. Wagers are up. And so that's a story we have to keep telling. At the same time, inflation is a problem. It's also a problem worldwide. Certainly the U.S. is not immune to this. Last month, Turkey had an inflation rate of about 48%. And so all the countries are getting hit with this. And there's basically two ways to solve inflation. You can make everybody poorer, right? because it's basically a supply and demand issue, or you can make sure we increase supply of products. Uh, and that's what we're working on. So the infrastructure law we pass will help ease some of the supply chain issues. We're looking at legislation now to make sure we incentivize the production of chips in the United States. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons that car prices are high is because there's not enough cars. And one of the reasons for that is because they need these microchips that there's just not enough of right now. We're also working on making sure that companies that illegally engage in price gouging uh, are prosecuted by the Federal Trade Commission. If you look at gas prices, for example, oil is now down to below $100 a barrel. Uh And gas prices haven't dropped very much. And that's because these oil companies are making record profits. And what we see is essentially companies taking advantage of different crises to enlarge their profits at the expense of the American consumer. And we have to point that out as well. Totally. And I, I could guarantee when those uh, gas and oil company profits come in, I could guarantee they will be record highs despite everything that is going on. Um, I want to go back to January 6th because Congressman, last time you were here was actually right in the aftermath of January 6th. I believe you were here like January 14th, 2021, sometime around then. And you said, you basically gave a message to the Republican Party. You said, simply say the election was not stolen. Joe Biden won the election. Now, all this time later, do you think that Republicans have heeded your calls? Most have not. A few have. So Senator Mike Rounds, for example, in fact, basically said that. Um, But there's not a lot of folks that have done what he did. It is feeding this big lie that is increasing the chances of political violence. And you have a number of folks in the Republican base who continue to believe this election was stolen, even though um, 
even now, they still can't identify who purportedly stole the election, uh, nor how it was done. And that's because the election wasn't stolen. Donald Trump got crushed uh, in the popular vote, and he won multiple, uh, I'm sorry, he lost multiple states uh, to, to Joe Biden. And what we do see, unfortunately, is this continued radicalization of the Republican base. And it's also very harmful to our democracy if you have a segment population that doesn't trust electoral results. That's why Congress, in fact, is not working, is now working uh, on, in fact, a bipartisan basis to reform the Electoral College Act so that we don't have state legislatures just overturn uh, the vote for president. I'm not sure if you caught this morning Arnold Schwarzenegger's message that he delivered. I thought it was incredibly powerful. He, he, he gave a message to the Russian people, addressed them, really made it very personal about his experience in Russia. I just wanted to get your thoughts on, on what Schwarzenegger had to say. I had the opportunity to work with Governor Schwarzenegger when I was in California State Legislature. Uh, I commend Governor Schwarzenegger for his message in that video. I agree with you. Uh, it is compelling. It is powerful. The hope is that we can have people in Russia see it. And mm -hmm. right. um, we don't know exactly how strong Putin's disinformation is in Russia right now. We do know that you know some people are getting information, but for the vast majority of the public, it's not clear they're getting any information other than what's coming from state propaganda sources. Do you see parallels between that? Like, I can't help but see parallels between the Russians watching Russian state TV and the people here in America who are only watching things like Fox News and OAN. And, you know, when you look at the polls, you know, you see 70, 80 percent of people support Putin and they think that they're defeating the Nazis in Ukraine because they're brainwashed to think like that. And it reminded me immediately of the polls that we see of the Republican Party here. And I'm like, oh, my God, these are the same thing. I, I was wondering if you have the same perspective or if I'm just going out of there. That's a very interesting question. I think the difference is the analogy would be in Russia. Uh, if you uh, change one channel, you might go from Fox to OAN, and then you change another channel, you go from <laughs> OAN to Newsmax. Here in the United States, you could go from Fox to you know, MSNBC uh, or Fox <laughs> to CNN. And that makes a huge difference that we do have freedom of the press in the United States and we do have the ability to give people uh, choices uh, if they want uh, to look at alternative views. That's something Rush, Russians do not have. Absolutely. And yesterday, President Biden, in an impromptu moment, he referred to Putin as a war criminal. And Jen Psaki kind of walked it back a little bit, saying that he was just speaking from his heart. Would you unequivocally say that Putin is a war criminal in your perspective? He absolutely is a war criminal. I don't I don't see how anyone can see uh these attacks by the Russians on civilians and not say he's a war criminal. So let's be clear here. Uh, Russia bombed a building that was housing children and on the outside of the building was written in Russian that it's children. Horrible. They also bombed a children and women's maternities hospital. Uh, they also struck a public pool that was sheltering women and children. Uh, they also admitted to using thermobaric bombs, which are these devastating bombs that basically explode people's lungs, and they're shelling apartment buildings. Uh, so I have no idea why anyone right now would be saying that Putin isn't a war criminal. The evidence is so clear. And Congressman Lou, going back to an earlier theme that we were discussing, do you even recognize the Republican Party anymore? Like one of the things we say here at Midas Touch is, you know, we shouldn't even be calling them conservative because they don't even want to conserve democracy. What, what happened? 
I don't recognize the Republican base. Uh, now, there are, for example, never Trumpers who are Republican. Those folks I recognize. Uh, you, you do see some moderate Republicans. Um, I mean, Liz Cheney, for example, is still a Republican. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. I completely understand what you're saying. Same with Adam Kinzinger. Um, every now and then, uh, Mitt Romney shows uh, streaks of courage. Uh, so <laughs> you do one. see some Republicans that I, I can still recognize. But their base, uh, no, I, I, uh, I cannot uh, understand where Marjorie Taylor Greene is coming from, for example. It, it's completely alien to me. Terrifying. Absolutely. And, and I'm really curious to pick your brain on this one specifically. What, what are the issues that you think Americans should be focused on that aren't getting enough attention? Oh, so again, the major issues are the, the kitchen table issues, such as jobs and economy and also addressing inflation. In terms of what I think we really need to do to not have the world go into major catastrophe uh, mm-hmm. would be climate change. Uh, we absolutely have to address that issue. And also our dependence on fossil fuels is what gives countries like Russia their power. Uh, if Europe wasn't so dependent on fossil fuels from Russia, Europe would be even more engaged in cracking down on Russia. Now, the European countries have actually done quite a good job right now in what they've done so far, but they'd be even freer uh, to really sanction Russia if they weren't so dependent on fossil fuels coming from Russia. And then lastly, how do you, how do you think the January 6th committee is doing overall? Do you think we're, we're progressing well over there? I do. I talked to a number of the January 6th committee members. They're doing a fantastic job. And they have gotten just a ton of documents, interviewed hundreds of witnesses. When I was a House impeachment manager, and I always have to clarify, it was for the second impeachment trial because the former president was just that bad that he needed to. Uh, (laughs) We knew uh, that January 6th was more than just a one day thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. There was a lot of buildup to it. You had the president repeatedly talking about the big lie, but you had also different folks who were putting in place uh, essentially the mechanisms to try to overturn the election. We also know that there was a, a lot of uh, things done after January 6th uh, to, again, try to throw the election into doubt. We could never get all that information, uh, one, because of time. We were considering how much time we had in order to do the trial. Uh, so very pleased that January 6th committee is delving into those issues very deeply and also figuring out exactly what the president of the United States was doing during those critical three to four hours when he was watching an attack on the Capitol and nothing was coming from the White House and nothing was happening. And um, my view is that he was actually cheering on uh, the protesters and taking actions to um, want to make them uh, succeed. Now, I, I have a habit, bad habit of saying last question, then actually following up with yet another question. So apologies <laughs> on this one, but, but I really need to hear your thoughts here as well, because I'm just so curious from what you've seen do you think there's enough evidence for the DOJ or the state attorney generals to criminally indict Trump? That, that is a great question. Uh, I'm a former prosecutor, so let me sort of give you my view. There are a whole range of things that are very bad things. Uh, and the foreign president did a lot of very bad things. That's different from a very bad thing being illegal. It might be illegal. It might not be illegal. So there's a difference there. And then there's another difference between a very bad thing, which is also legal, and you can prove it in court, right? So there are multiple steps before you would, in fact, indict someone, because not only does it have to be a very bad thing, it has to be a very bad thing that violates the law, 
and that you believe a jury would convict on. I can't tell what all their evidence is. I don't have access to that. Department of Justice would really be the ones that would. And so I trust them to go through their process uh, to see if they can go from a very bad thing to proving it in court. And uh, we'll see what they do. Congressman Ted Lieu, Jordy asking the hard-hitting questions today, huh? <laughs> you, you know, I, I, I was coming forward today. I, I, just, I was so excited to have Congressman Lou on the podcast. I really prepared. Congressman Lou, we so appreciate you coming on the Midas Touch podcast and for all your work fighting for democracy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Great interview with Congressman Ted Lou. When you have Congressman Ted Lou, like you, you have like the foremost expert in Congress on just spitting truth bombs, eh? Jordy's raising his hand. I think, does that mean you want to speak, Jordy? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying this new thing where if I raise my hand, yeah. maybe I could get a yeah. word in. Yeah, you're pointing up? to me, talking to me. Yeah, 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 you. yeah. What's up? I, I told you guys I was going to bring it that interview. I really prepared. I was really excited to interview the congressman. You really prepared. It was the first time Jordy's prepared for it. It was the glasses. How many was it? Three questions? Was it three four questions? questions? I, I don't I know. I lost track. I lost that's, track. That's I a hat tr- that, that is a hat trick right there. More news to report. Um, some brief news on the ongoing courageous efforts by Ukraine and their winning efforts right now to, you know, to repel the unlawful Russian invasion. Demoralized Russian soldiers now are parking their vehicles and just kind of walking off into the woods, you know, in significant numbers. And this was tweeted by the open source intelligence monitor, OSINT, OSINT Defender. And the Ukraine Information Army showed destroyed equipment they say belongs to the Russian army. Um, We also have this coming from American intelligence that Russia's military has lost over 7,000 soldiers. I mean, just think about that number. And war is horrific. I mean, we know that. But, uh, you know, these these are... Well, we'll put it in perspective. That number is greater than the amount of American troops who were killed in over 20 years in Iraq and Afghanistan combined. In what? In a matter of a month. 20 days. Less than a month, 20 days. And, you know, these are young soldiers. You know, a lot of them were just, were completely lied to and who didn't even know why they were there. You know, who, who lost their lives invading a sovereign nation like Ukraine. And... The blood is on Putin's hands. The blood is exactly. on Lavrov's hands. The frankly, the blood is on the hands of American propagandists who try to support them. You know, and we should also not just talk about the Russian military. I mean, horrific, horrific human rights violations. And Congressman Liu talked about it in the interview in Mariupol, a bombing mm-hmm. of locations known to be inhabited by women and children and civilians who are hiding mass mass death being caused by uh, Putin. But we see the bravery of the Ukrainians, you know, repelling, as I mentioned at the outset, the Russian invaders on all fronts doing a great job. Uh, The Russians thought within three hours, they were going to take Kiev. Three hours, Kiev. In the first 10 to 15 days, Russians, the Russian plan was they were going to be controlling the whole government. Mm-hmm. Not even close. And so that's just why, you know, and, and it's the bravery of the Ukrainians, the, the spirit, the soldiers, the citizens, everybody there. You know, that's just why I was so amped up and so passionate 
at the beginning of the show because like we're so blessed to have these platforms. Absolutely. Right. I mean, here in the United States, like where I could be in my living room and convert it into a studio. Brett could be in the like Star Wars, like the deaths, the Death Star, wherever Brett shoots from. You know, Jordy is on Mars. You know, we could all be in our different locations. And but but in all seriousness, from the comfort of our homes. Yeah. And it's very easy if you want to play to people's fears to pay to play to people's lowest base denominators to be unsophisticated to fight for people who already have power and privilege that shit's easy mm-hmm. and so it's using platforms and building platforms to help the people who are truly the courageous people that's not us i mean i i i i like to think that i work my ass off but being in this living room that's nothing compared to what people are out there. Community groups go through every day in the United States fighting for their rights. What Ukrainians are going through right now, not just Ukrainians, you know, what democracy people are fighting for in Myanmar. You know, I've been speaking with some groups who are, who fled Myanmar, you know, where, where a military dictatorship took over, like, and these are brave people who are losing their lives every day there. We shouldn't also not focus on, on areas like that and what's going on in, you know, what got, what's going on in Yemen and the Russians killing Syrians. Like there are so many courageous people each and every day who risk their lives. And I'm just honored to have a small part of trying to use the platform that we have to, to fight for them. And, and Brett, you want to talk a little bit about some domestic news, but before doing that, let me tell you about our partner, Athletic Greens. Everybody knows that I love Athletic Greens. I'm going to have you do something right now, Brett. All right. Put let me the do. photo of, it was a Jordy who sent me the photo. Jordy sent it. I'll put it <laughs> Jordy sent me a photo yeah, after sure. last All right, Jordy was like, it was like, you actually really do lose a lot of weight. With, <laughs> well, with well, I, I mentioned greens. on the like, last show, whenever I open up YouTube, I get, it brings me back to before we had Athletic Greens even as a sponsor, before you even started taking it. This yeah, you one, get that this fixed. one episode. It's supposed to work like that. Yeah, YouTube is definitely not supposed to work like that. And it always takes me this one rant that you do. I'm like, whew, this is a different human so being. Anyway, show the photo. <laughs> and for people for people watching, I was, I was overweight. And I lost a lot of weight as a result of using Athletic Greens. And not just me, but all the Midas Mighty. Like I would say I get dozens of DMs every day when we talk about Athletic Greens. And I've seen hundreds of posts now online of people who have been uh, their life has been changed by athletic greens who, who have lost weight, who have healthier lives, who are energized because of athletic greens. And so before athletic greens, I would basically use gummies and pills and all these different things as my vitamin routine. And I thought it was working, but clearly the proof is in those photos. Like it wasn't working, but then I took athletic greens, which has 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. They do it for you. They do the hard work for you. So you know what you do, right? I scoop de dupity the powder. I loop de loop de the powder in the cup de cup de in the cup. I shake the cup. I drink it. And it's just super simple. And I have all the vitamins. So far, Athletic Greens has not gotten upset at my scoop de dupity routine because our people love it. But, but there's still time. 
there's still time. There's and we still can get time. an email any moment saying, please have Ben stop saying scoop diddy doop diddy doing the ad read. But I think they love, they know that I, I love athletic. <laughs> it's eat. true. It's, li- it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free, it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And tons of people take some kind of multivitamin anyway. And it's important to choose the one with high quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb right now. Please reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially as we're in the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply wow. of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Midas and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Seriously, seriously, people, get Athletic Greens, athleticgreens.com slash Midas. And Jordy, looking fit there also in that, little, in that little get up. In well, that you're, get- you, you're a Congressman Ted Lou, or as you like to call him, Ted or Teddy. He, he was <laughs> Teddy, really Teddy, tell he, me about it, he Teddy. Was re- he was really impressed by our gear. Brett, why don't you tell the folks about Buck Mason? Absolutely. I'm wearing my Buck Mason too. I love Buck Mason so much because Buck Mason makes all the essentials. we got Jordy modeling right now for those listening. Jeans, shirts, jackets, all my go-tos and so much more. I love the tailored look and fit of their t-shirts even after wearing them and putting them through the wash after wash. They look just as good as when I first wore them. The curved hem tee is fantastic. GQ loves it as much as I do, calling it the best t-shirt in the game. That is actually the one that I am currently wearing right now. See what I've never told the secret to the Midas body. Something I never told is the shirts I wear on nearly every episode of the Midas touch podcast, dating back to way before Buck Mason ever was a sponsor. Our Buck Mason shirts often paired with Buck Mason jeans and a Buck Mason jacket, because I've been obsessed with them because there was a store right by me where I used to live in Los Angeles and Silver Lake that I would visit on a weekly basis. I knew all the employees by name and I love their stuff so much. (laughs) Once you try Buck Mason, just like me, it'll become your go-to's I assure you head over to buckmason.com slash Midas. And this is like the best deal ever. You get a free t-shirt with your That's first daughter. That's B-U-C-K-M-A-S-O-N.com slash Midas to get a free t-shirt with your first order, buckmason.com slash Midas. And you don't even have to get it for yourself. You can get it for your family members. They make great gifts. Get Buck Mason. I love my Buck Mason. I cannot say enough things. Please support this brand. They're a great, great, great company. Love it, Brett. If you read this news um, about... Kristen Cinema, the Axios story. Yeah, yeah, we got to we got to talk about the Axios story on Kristen Cinema, you know, and it's in connection with a book, right, Brett? That uh, is coming out. Sir? Yeah, so it's it's like the first book that's coming out about the Biden administration. Like we all remember all these books that have come out throughout the Trump administration stuff. This is the first book that is coming out detailing some of the things that have happened inside the Biden administration in the first year. A few things came out of the story that Axios reported. And if you uh, had mixed feelings on (laughs) Kirsten Cinema, I don't think you will have after this. And if you uh, did not like uh, Kirsten Cinema before this, I this is not going to make you like her anymore. I assure you. I guess here's so 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 this is where I kind of get torn, honestly, when we do the Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin coverage, because since it is a 50 50 split right now, The, the importance of the 50-50 split with the vice president being the tiebreaker, mm-hmm. the amount of positive things we've been able to accomplish, though, with 
judges and appointing judges on the bench is like one of the most important things. And all of this would have been blocked if we didn't have cinema and mansion, unfortunately, to hate to break it to you, but that's just the reality as. And I encourage as, people to, so, so, okay. So, you know, we, we hate on political a lot for their kind of more gossipy rag part, like the political playbook and stuff, but Politico did an actually an excellent article. Um, and it's called Schumer Senate shocker bills are passing seriously. And it's about the fact that the, the democratic Senate has actually passed like more bills than than Senates have in recent history, including an anti-lynching bill that passed recently, including all this aid to uh, Ukraine. Schumer is quietly doing the work behind the scenes to pass all these bills, but they're not being publicized good enough. I think, you know, I know people have mixed feelings on Schumer. I think Schumer's biggest weakness is his ability to message. And so we need other people to like message on his behalf. I even see like when he's asked by the media to like comment on stories, he speaks with these like very like flowery phrases and words that like take like six sentences to get a point when you could just say like Republicans are against your health care. He's too smart. I mean, oh, the reality yeah, is, is too that smart. Yeah. He's, he's too <laughs> smart and his messaging is probably great and and a plus if you were kind of giving like a lecture in uh, like in, a, in like an advanced philosophy course. But sometimes you just kind of have to break down his accomplishments of all of the jobs that have been created with the legislation that Democrats have passed. Let me like let me give you an example to- of a Schumer. This is like a classic Schumer response. I just dug it up. This is Chuck Schumer talking about Ron Johnson and Rick Scott. And he goes, perhaps the senator from Wisconsin should join the senator from Florida in creating a new hurting working families caucus so he could more easily track their truly repressive vision for the American people. Like, I, I get what he's saying. Like, Good. But can't you just say like Republicans are against working families? If you can't put it on a bumper sticker, you lose half your audience. Yeah. Republicans want to hurt Americans. Done. Like like it just doesn't need that extra elaboration. But you have to give Schumer credit that he's able to pass these bills. And I know we got here. We we took a little detour um, that we're going to talk about the cinema (laughs) cinema stuff and we'll we'll get there in a sec. But I just you have to acknowledge and I highly recommend that you read this Politico piece um, about Schumer's accomplishments because the Senate is getting stuff done, getting important stuff done. Yeah. I mean, look, the bipartisan infrastructure bill, though, gigantic, right? The $14 billion for Ukraine, gigantic. The reauthorization of the Violence Against Women Act, right? Gig- you know, gigantic. The anti-lynching bill, gigantic. And he's hoping, this is what the political article says, to get a few more bipartisan wins under his belt, such as expanding semiconductor manufacturing as part of a China competitiveness measure, as well as limiting the cost of insulin to $35. You know, like these are... These are important pieces of legislation that um, mm-hmm. that he's passing. You know, on the cinema side, it was it was funny. I think Biden compared her to like a TikToker. He's like, I just don't understand <laughs> even like where she's coming from. Like, I'm really lost in what what's her point because and this is where I'm confused about her more than Mansion because she purported to be identifying with ideas that would normally be associated with progressive ideas. But when you read the story about and what's coming out in the book about her. Like she seemed to be very supportive of like Andy Briggs. Yeah. Like she was like, she said she's misunderstood. Like he's one of the most like right wing radical extremists that there are. She seemed to kind of go down this conspiracy rabbit hole a little bit over the past few years. And you've seen that transformation in a lot of kind of, not a lot, but in some of the friends that I have, maybe she's just kind of gone down 
that kind of rabbit hole that a lot of people have been sucked down, unfortunately, you know, during that COVID period. I, I don't know. I'm not trying to make excuses for her, but it's just been one of the most disappointing things because there really was so much momentum around her and so much promise and what she could deliver. And so like when someone who you, and we know people, we know people who work their asses off writing postcards, doing phone calls for her to get her elected. So it's so sad and disheartening. Like, what do you say to someone you respect and admire kind of lets you down most. It's kind of like that just, that hurts the heart even a little more. And let me read some of these bits from the book. So the book says that Biden aides complained that cinema sounded more like a Republican than a Democrat. And at a private fundraiser in DC with a Republican heavy group of lobbyists, which has, this has not been reported before. She portrayed herself as anti-tax and anti-government. She mocked Biden while speaking warmly about House GOP leader Kevin McCarthy and even defended far-right Representative Andy Biggs, who denied the election results and claimed Antifa had infiltrated the Capitol riot. Cinema said, I love Andy Biggs. I know some people think he's crazy, but that's just because they don't know him. Andy Biggs is like literally one of like the craziest of the crazy Congress people, like one of the biggest insurrectionists in our government. And here she is praising him and mocking Biden. Separately, Cinema told colleagues five or six other Senate Dem moderates were, quote, hiding behind my skirt as she pushed back on the left, I guess, trying to say that there were other people who maybe supported her in the party that were hiding and taking cover behind her. The book goes on to say in the spring of 2021, Cinema became the first ever lawmaker to argue with White House aides when they asked her to wear a face mask in the company of the president, repeatedly asking why that was necessary when she had been vaccinated and Cinema discouraged. Biden from coming to Arizona after the president signed the COVID rescue plan in 2021. So that just shows you really from day one, because Biden signed what the COVID rescue plan in March, I think like it was very early on in his presidency. And so from like day one of the presidency, cinema was anti-Biden and anti-Democrats and made it her mission to oppose Democrats and support lunatics like Andy Biggs. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my trust issues are acting up right now. My trust issues. Look, she played us. She played everyone. That's how she got elected. That's my that's my personal opinion on it. Not too long ago, we had a guest on the show. I went to the guest name and I asked them because I think they had a close working relationship. Hey, is, is Kirsten Cinema a Republican? Like a, like a DL Republican? I got laughed at by the brothers, by the guests. I think she's a secret Republican. Yeah, well, she's certainly acting like it. But like Ben said, like we have to like baby these people a little bit because of this this 50 50 Senate, which is so annoying. And like, you know, but it's like, we got to call out bullshit on both sides. I mean, you know, that's why when we called that Marjorie Taylor Greene yesterday, we also called out Joe Manchin for being on his iPad during the Zelensky speech. And it's like, oh, well, if, you know, <laughs> come back to, the, I keep going back to Dale. It's I mean, like, it's just infuriating. It's, that's it's why. like, if I, if well, we, we said uh, like, do it, just, let me just go. It's <laughs> like, if we said during the speech, you know, during the speech of Zelensky, um, Joe Manchin was seen, you know, scrolling on his iPad and he was like, well, from seconds, 44 to 87 during that time he was not scrolling on his ipad and this so fact check false because he was not doing it during the whole speech he was just doing it in the part that you showed fact check false this is a lot <laughs> fact check <laughs> false it was a microsoft surface it's like yeah, dude, yeah what are you doing daniel what are you yeah. doing well, but but here's the thing and this is why though to me it's a <laughs> it's a learning tool it's not so much him but it's a reflection of, I think, broader issues of mm-hmm. what's wrong with the media and why we need an unapologetically pro-democracy media, because we don't have two sides here of 
both Democrats and Republicans loving democracy and fighting for democracy. We have a political party that supports democracy or people who support democracy. And we have people who are giving aid and comfort to Putin, like Marjorie Taylor Greene is. And we have to call it out. And we have to be nuanced about it. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I pride ourselves on in the work we do at Midas Touch, and I know this is what you like about listening to these podcasts and watching it, is that we spend hours and hours and hours painstakingly researching things, giving nuance, not just kind of you know, doing a post that's an inflammatory post and, and that's it. And so when people with major platforms try to pigeonhole you into certain labels and then try to kind of call you out when the efforts, when one, they're wrong, but two, their efforts could be spent and their talents could be spent fact-checking, working hard, researching, reporting on issues that truly matter and that truly are life and death. That is ultimately where I net out on all, you know, on all of these issues, which is why we always tell you on this podcast, it's not just informational, it's not just educational, it's also motivational, and we're a team. Midas might like we're a team. We're all we're all in this together. I fight for my team. I fight every day for my team. And we gotta work. This isn't just listen to a podcast and then we go on about our day, right? We listen to this podcast and then we take action. And so we tell each and every one of you to try to do something, even if it's a little something, each and every day to make this country safer to make this country a pro-democracy country, to elect representatives to Congress, to state legislators, to school boards, to Congress, wherever, that are pro-democracy and to, and to fight, to fight in your own way each and every day. Jordy's pointing to the bumper sticker, vote blue over Q. Jordy just does things and expects me to understand like what his messaging is. but. I want to thank each and every one of you. This is how you could help Midas Touch, though, too, in a small, in a very, very small way. Um, subscribe to the Midas Touch uh, podcast channel. Subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. The YouTube channels just undergone some rapid growth over the past few weeks, and we appreciate everybody who watches these on the YouTube. And do me a favor: leave a five-star review. Please, a five-star review and write about what you like about these podcasts. That helps with the algorithms. It helps with the rankings. And so all you got to do is wherever you get your podcast, go to the Midas Touch page. And if it allows you to do a review, write the review and give it a five-star review. Thank you all from the bottom of my heart for listening, supporting, fighting with us here at Midas Touch. Brett, any final words before we toss it to Jordy? Yes, I want to say, just keep being on the lookout. We got some exciting new Midas Touch videos on the way. We got some exciting new billboard campaigns on the way. Ooh. And just a, a, a lot coming down the pipeline. We've been working really, really hard. Um, midterms are fast approaching and we are working our asses off and I'm excited to start sharing uh, some of the new things with you guys. So uh, thank you very much. Um, and Jordy, I'll let you take us away. Next week is our two year anniversary. Shout out to the Midas. Midas Midas!